Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Thank you for joining us today and welcome. This is an hour dedicated to understanding a little more about ourselves, our beliefs, and how we approach enlightenment. Indeed, an hour devoted to learning something more, not just about the world we live in, but about how, what, and why we think as we do. An hour for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind who we have become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Now, every week I read some of your letters as our way of paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week, our show featured Linda Evans and her new book, Recipes for Life. Linda shared openly many intimate matters of her life that could have, indeed would have, derailed many people. Instead, with great courage and strength of character, she took full responsibility for everything in her life, all of her decisions, choices, etc., And her message today is a simple one. Love yourself. Loretta wrote, I am grateful for the show today. I need to start living for me. I was a caregiver since I was 16. I need to love me and live for me. It is what I choose. My life is not over because I am alone physically. Thank you, Linda and Eldon. Well, of course your life is not over, Loretta. Indeed, the likelihood is the best is yet to come. Ravinder received this note from Suzanne. I listen to you and Eldon on a weekly basis. I've never been as excited and inspired by any radio interview in my life. Eldon asked all the right questions, and Linda was so graceful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Brian wrote, The golden nuggets of wisdom came fast and furious during the last 15 minutes or so. Linda sounded like she really lit up with the information she was sharing. Great reminders to take responsibility for our lives. Isha noted, well done, Linda. The best people and the best outcomes come to your life when we work for ourselves and not others. Evelyn, in her usual insightful and pithy form, and she's in the chat room today, is she not? Of course, always. Added, great show, wise woman. I love it. I mean, that's just, that's as pithy as it gets, isn't it? Sums it up. Julie wrote, I have really gotten so much out of your talks on Hay House Radio. Your shows are filled with inspiring information. You get right to the point, too. No dilly-dally or wasting of time. I have short spirits of time to tap into Hay House. So when I do, I can always count on your show filling me with joy, positive words, and super information. Thank you. I am so appreciative that you are offering some of your InterTalk MP3s for free. I look forward to hearing them. Well, thank you, Julie. And let me once again remind all of you out there that you too can get your free InterTalk MP3 program by simply going to my website and choosing free programs from the left-hand navigation pane. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my free newsletter as well. Free is the word of the day, huh? Free. (laughs) I see that look. (laughs) Emma from Germany wrote, I'm a massive fan of InterTalk. Their products have really improved my relationships, well-being, and calmness. Thank you. Well, thank you, Emma, for your feedback. Angie wrote, I have used your programs in the past, and they have worked so well. I find I have a need again, and I don't hesitate to call on you once again to help me regain perspective in my life. Well, we're glad we can help, Angie. Kelly wrote, your CDs gave me the strength and motivation to leave a severely abusive relationship 
gain custody of my children, go back to school, and start my own business. I'm so grateful to have found your products. I plan to become a distributor. Thank you. Well, congratulations, Kelly, and welcome. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you aboard. Moving on, Deborah wrote, thank you so much for coming on Coast to Coast AM. I have really enjoyed your books and so appreciated the Serenity CD. How do you pronounce so when it has five zero or five O's after it? So. Okay, thank you. There you go. Now, <laughs> I just wanted to, never mind. <laughs> now, Deborah got her Serenity CD free when she purchased my book, Mind Programming, which is on sale today at Amazon for about $10. The CD alone sells for $27.95, so if you've not yet obtained your copy and or you have someone you would like to share the information with, order yours before the price goes up. Both the CD and the book for about $10. Michael wrote, I bought the Mind Programming book by Alden Taylor, and I have listened to the Intertalk CD that was included with the book for two days, and I am hooked. I like that. And Renee wrote, Hi, Eldon. I was reading about how our genes do not determine our destiny. They are telling us things you have said for years. Bravo, Eldon. You were ahead of your times. Well, thanks, Renee. Over 20 years ago, we knew that, well, what everyone will find today if they but get into the literature. Indeed, I discussed many of the wellness applications resulting from this understanding in my book, Wellness Just a State of Mind. And as an FYI, it's available for your Kindle or Nook for only 99 cents right now. So when you're picking up your copy of Mind Programming, add 99 cents and get wellness while you're there. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. We can't get all of your letters on the air, but they do impact our programming. And once again, I thank you for your feedback and continued support. Now to today's show. Dr. Norman Sheely founded Holos University Graduate Seminary, a graduate school that emphasizes ecumenical spiritual approaches to fulfill a growing need for an inclusive, holistic, and creative approach to life in our contemporary communities. We spoke with Norm about this when he last visited our show, and I was so intrigued that both Ravinder and I decided to check out the school. What we found is quite impressive. The quality of the faculty is exceptional, and the student body is equally extraordinary. In order to share with you a global view of the school, we have invited the founding dean of faculty and a professor of Holos University Graduate Seminary as well as Professor Emeritus of Geography at the University of Kansas, Dr. Bob Nunley, and his wife, who just happens to be the founding provost of Holos University, and who currently serves as its dean of academics, Dr. Ann Nunley. And we'll have more about both of them in a moment. But first, also joining us today is one of their recent graduate students whose dissertation is titled Spirit Communications, Experiments with the Mediums. And that would be Dr. Carla Baker Curtis. Now, Dr. Curtis is a business person, researcher, medium, and a 2011 graduate of Holos University's doctoral program in holistic health and spiritual healing, with an undergraduate degree in math and computer science and a master's degree in organizational development. Carla has combined a career in software development and management with her deep ongoing interest in psychology and spirituality. 
She can tell us all about what it's like to be a student at Holos, and we'll get some information on her dissertation. Very interesting study while we're at it. So let's get them in here and find out more about this wonderful university. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Doctors Nunley and Curtis. Thank you very much, Eldon. Thank you, Eldon. It's good to have you here. Now, I hear two of you, but I think, Dr. Curtis, you're there, too. Are you not? Yes, I am. Thank you. Oh, that was you. So I didn't. Who who didn't I hear? No, Dr. Ann? <laughs> yes, okay. Sam. All right. Well, we've got you all here. All right. So to begin with, let's kind of sort matters out some. I'd like to speak first with Dr. Bob Nunley, then Dr. Ann Nunley, and then Dr. Curtis, both about her experience as a student at Holos and her dissertation. So if we may. Dr. Bob, as Professor Emeritus, you had a very successful career in traditional education. Please share with our audience just a little bit about yourself and your background so they get a perspective on who you are. Thank you very much, Eldon. And just let me say initially that we are so strongly in support of your entire approach to provocative enlightenment. Uh, We don't see a great deal of value in just sitting off on a mountaintop and, and being removed from life as it's going on on this marvelous planet of ours. But we want to better understand the broader uh, capabilities in terms of human consciousness so that we can really draw from our entire experience as we look particularly at almost any topic that deals with spirituality and health. And the way we differ from the uh, 55 years that I spent in conventional uh, higher education is that when the students come to us, we initially uh, have them explore deeply what they would like to study more than anything else. We ask them if they could be one of the 10 people on this planet who best understand a particular question about spirituality and health. What would that question be? And do not be concerned with money or cost or feasibility. And we really get them to get into their passion. Uh, Carla, as you will see later, has a passion for this whole uh, topic of hers. It isn't just a um, an intellectual topic. And then the other difference is our professors become their colleagues, not their teachers. As a matter of fact, we all teach each other every opportunity. And so we have a a university that's founded on the concept that the research being done here, in almost every instance, is the research that this person, this student, most passionately wants to pursue. And we find that that unlocks all kinds of doors to many aspects of our human potential. And that's what they all have in common. And so the 10 years since retiring from uh, the University of Kansas, I've been spending uh, with Holos University, and they've, Anne and I last year concluded that teaching is the most important thing we do, and this last year we were able to teach better and more than we've ever taught in their life. And no, I don't know many people in their 80s who can look back on their lives and say that, but I can very truthfully and getting to know you and Ravinder this year, uh, and just generally each year, uh, more students, more contacts, and more understanding, and more ability to exercise your provocative enlightenment. 
Thank you, uh, Dr. Bob. I, I have a great deal of respect for the quality of Holos University. I think the, the first thing that comes to anyone's mind nowadays, it, it, when, you, when you talk about universities and extension universities and some of the scandals and things of that nature out there, is is what what is this university? What what who constitutes the faculty? What what is their accreditation? You're an accredited university. I'm not talking about regionally accredited. That requires the massive libraries, etc. But nevertheless, accredited university. Tell us about your accreditation. Tell us a little bit about your faculty. Right. Well, our faculty is drawn from the the entire planet, and um, we have. Very, very effective people. There are 25 on the faculty currently. And we are accredited. There are two kinds of accreditation, the regional one that you referred to. And by the way, we will eventually be regionally accredited. Uh, And the library part is taken care of in large part because our uh, our, uh, week that we spend on campus, what we call it our campus week, is the second week of September, and that's always held at Unity Village in Kansas City, and we're tied in with the Unity Church, and uh, all of our students have library cards with the uh, Unity Library and the Unity Archive. And so uh, we, have, uh, we are finding ways in which we can uh, meet all the requirements of regional accreditation. How There's wonderful. a second kind of accreditation that most people are not aware of called programmatic accreditation, and we have already achieved that level working through INTEC, which is the New Thought Accrediting Commission. And that um, group is itself seeking listing on the U.S. Office of Education list. And uh, when that becomes uh, complete, then we will be having another improvement in the, another step in the accreditation. But we, per, we intend to continue until uh, we... Uh, have full accreditation with regional agencies and all. It's just a matter of, of being fulfilling a number of bureaucratic requirements. Right. So we're well like on the, the way. 50,000 book library. You know, that is, I, I, I mean, to me, that is very, very exciting. A regionally accredited, fully accredited university that legitimizes research in areas that, that, you know, for I mean, for centuries they were the foundations of our philosophy, the foundations of our science, and then somehow, well, we all know how, but we got alienated from and turned away from, and we started down these secular pathways. What you're doing is just, to me, just so very, very exciting, sir. Well, then, by the way, everyone should know that they can look on our website at www.holosuniversity.net and the .NET takes them right to our, uh, our library. And the 72 dissertations are, are published there. They can read the abstracts. They can read the entire dissertations. And these dissertations deal with such a wide variety of things. One involves invoking angelic presence to change the rate of germination in zucchini seeds. And all my adult life, I've been wanting to be involved in serious research that would truly invoke angelic presence and with a strict protocol study what do we know and what uh, can we uh, be more sure about in terms of these interesting concepts. What is, quickly before we, we go to your wife, uh, what is it 
what's necessary for someone to become a student of Holos University? How would they go about that? Ed? Well, what they would do would be to go to the same site, but uh, www.holosuniversity.org, and there uh, there's a, a, a little, right on the main home page, a little uh, 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 section that says click here if you're new to Holos. They just click on that, uh, new to Holos, and the website itself will guide them. Then they will contact me, and we will have an open house for 90 minutes where they and four or five other students get together uh, on a telephone conference, open house. And then we will line up a custom-made program, and every one of our students have a program that's totally custom-made for them and their interests. And then they're off and running it. And every semester, they will alter that program because they will learn more things and they will get new interests and the like. But at any one time, they will have a program on record that, when completed, would result in either the master's degree, the doctorate degree, or the postdoctorate degree. And one of our fastest-growing sections are MDs and Ph.D. psychologists and Ph.D. nurses who have their doctorate, but they want to get a degree in spirituality and health, and our degree is a doctor of theology, which gives them legitimacy to bring spirit into their work. And we're delighted with that development. And that's part of the postdoc work, or is that a separate doctorate you're talking about? Well, there are two kinds of postdocs. We have the same as most postdocs, which are just you do some additional work after you get the doctorate, and then you get a certificate that says you've done this work. Uh, And we have that, but what I was talking about is what we call our postdoc degree, and they actually get an earned Doctor of Theology degree in Spirituality and Health. So they have at that point, two doctorates. Now, I'm excited about that. That's it. We, we need more MDs. We, we need more people like you and Norm, your wife, your wonderful faculty. I'm going to need to slip off here for a second, Dr. Bob, and, and get Dr. Ann in here. Or we're not going to get a chance to hear too much from here. Dr. Right. Ann, you two have a very rich and talented history. Please share with our audience a little bit about yourself and then your role at Holdless Universe, University. Okay, um, my background, um, I'll do this as quickly as I can. I grew up in the middle of Kansas, you know, in the wheat fields, and my interests were not well uh, addressed there. I, it, was, it was hard to find somebody to talk with in that area those many years ago, uh, because I'm in my early 70s, and so that was a, quite a while back, and to uh, find somebody who knew something about all the various um, forms of spirituality was difficult, and yet that was, mm-hmm. that was a, a, a very strong interest of mine from a very early age. And, uh, and so that was interesting growing up in that small community. I, in high school, I was advised that I probably ought to study psychology, become a, a counselor, a psychologist, and I just said I can't do that because there isn't anything right now that I can see that would be an approach I would want to take. It would just break my heart to work with people and not have tools and an mm-hmm. approach that I feel is positive and, and really helpful. And at that time, there just wasn't much, certainly not in the area where I lived. And so what I did was go to University of Kansas and study art, and I became a silversmith and then a painter 
And it was really my journey in painting that brought me back into the field of psychology, into inner introspective studies and understanding the things you were talking about at the beginning of the program, Eldon, about what it is we need to know about ourselves, we need to know how we fit into this universe. That's our greatest curiosity. Who are we? And so that took me in that area, and it all kind of just flowered out from there. Bob and I met, uh, we're in our 50th year of marriage. So we met quite a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so we, uh, we met at a very spiritual level, and the first book that we shared together was the poetry of Khalil Gibran. No. So um, that's that's my background, and that took me into my studies uh, and my discovery of the basic core of this process that I now teach called the Inner Counselor, and that's been my passion for the last 20-some years. Now, you're, uh, you're the, actually the founding provost of uh, Holos University. What attracted you to the idea of developing a whole new university, a whole new school? Well, that's interesting uh, because Bob and I have been interested in education for a very long time, and we really haven't felt that it's been the creative kind of education that's possible, the thing that would bring out people's greatest potentials, would, as Bob was speaking, bring out their passion, engage them, and in a, in a full, you know, it's interesting, I was going to talk about, and I will talk about Robert Bly's um, book where he talks about the long bag. And one of the statements he makes is he says, well, you know, when we're born, we have a full 360 degrees of creative energy. Yeah. And then as we begin to go through life, we find out that there's pieces of that that aren't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so we take that piece that's not acceptable and we put it away in this long bag that we drag behind us. And the bag gets fuller and fuller, and we find out that, well, no, we, sh- we shouldn't paint. We can't paint because somebody, when we were very small and impressionable, came along and said, oh, what is that? That doesn't look like a tree or something that just really upset us. And so there's so many of us out there who say, I can't paint, I can't sing, I can't, I can't, I can't. So these pieces of ourselves that get shut down and get put in this long bag are the pieces that I'm passionate about having education help reawaken in us. It's, I mean, that is admirable. I, I, I share your passion. I totally relate to the long bag. I, I, I think of that as the no-don't syndrome that we're all socialized with. You're not old enough. You're too stupid. You'll never amount to anything. Uh, you're and not it's good all at lies, this. You know? <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is indeed all lies. All right. We have a hard break coming up on us. I've got another question for you, though. So right after the break, we'll come right back to Dr. Right. Ann Nunley with one more question before we get uh, Dr. Curtis in here and ask her about her dissertation where she looked at mediums and. Uh, Actually, the data didn't support that uh, 
there was any anything statistically meaningfully there meaningful there but that's another story we're speaking with three exceptional people from holos university be sure and get in our chat room now take a look at the film stay tuned you don't want to miss what's coming up after these words from some of our friends every day every moment we face choices yet how many of those choices are truly our own are you ready to step onto the path of discovery read eldon taylor's new york times bestseller choices and illusions now revised updated and expanded eldon combines provocative information scientific research and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Eldon's international best-selling book, Mind Programming, is a must-read if you wish to live awake in a world of sheeples. Film producer Jeff Warwick had this to say about mind programming. Dr. Eldon Taylor's new book is a must-read. If you've ever questioned your purpose in life or felt bound by a culture that's driven by mass media, you now have at your fingertips the knowledge and tools to break the chains of this cycle. Eldon goes in-depth to illustrate and expose how we've been programmed from birth by social constraints, and he methodically reveals the psychological techniques that advertisers, politicians, corporations, and the media use to control us. He then provides strategies and solutions to free your mind from these tactics and rise to a new level of consciousness. As you read this book, you'll feel the blinders being removed and will truly see the world in an entirely new light. Get your copy today online or at fine bookstores everywhere. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. And welcome back. If you just joined us, we're speaking with three wonderful people from Holos University. Uh, but before we get back to today's show, I want to remind you to like our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio. As a fan, you'll always know where we are and what's on next. I would also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there. Now, one more point of business. The early registration discount for the upcoming ICANN conference in Washington, D.C. has been extended to to July 7th. I'll get that out. This is a great opportunity to save some big bucks. So check it out. Go to hayhouse.com. Look up that DC ICANN conference. I'll be there, and I'd love to see you all there. So, all right. Now, back to today's show. Before the break, we were speaking with uh, Dr. Ann Nunley, and I and, uh, promised that I had one more question for her, and it's really the big one, Dr. Ann. Uh, there are a lot of alternative educational, distance learning kinds of schools out there. And many of them today offer uh, diplomas or degrees in in spiritual areas, uh, metaphysics to spiritual coaching. Tell me what makes Holos University special. That's an interesting question. I think what there are several things that make it special. One of the things that makes it special is that we've continued to maintain the idea that there are a few of our courses that require hands-on training. So we have our twice-a-year, uh, no, it's a once-a-year now, um, a time at Unity Village where we have our courses that require hands-on have three days to um, one to three days 
with the students in the class to to really interact in that very personal way. Uh, I require that for the counselor uh, process. I could not teach that totally distance. Although once I've had three days with people, then it, it works very, very well. Uh, that's an unusual thing. The other is that our I would say that our faculty are very personally involved with the students in terms of caring about how the student is progressing. Um, and so they get involved at that level. The other one is that we have such a wonderful blend of, of the idea that it's important to bridge the two approaches to things, the very intuitive, very spiritual approach with the world that we live in, the scientific world. And that's the reason that we put so much emphasis on the master's thesis and projects and on the dissertations, because that's where our students learn to gain the skills and ways of thinking that allows them to bridge those two worlds. Many of our students who come in are highly intuitive people. And... Some of them are quite psychic, and so, but they have a little lack maybe on the side of scholarship or on the side of how to write a scholarly paper or how to do a dissertation research and it's, or how to even read the research that's out there on the various mm-hmm. topics. And those are the things that we, that we emphasize that I think are very important is this, this wonderful balance. It's not just learning about spirituality or reading spiritual literature. It's learning to write, learning to do research on these topics. And I guess that would be the answer to that question. Well, I think that's a wonderful answer. You touched the bases that I would, uh, the bases, as in baseball bases, uh, (laughs) that I would think are the most important. Uh, Indeed, if my opinion means anything, and I think I've got an idea of what the alternatives are out there, I I've talked to lots of people. It, you uh, you have the premium premier uh, university of kind, uh, and and I know of no one uh, that is even thinking about going for regional accreditation. Uh, so you, you're not just preeminent in my view today, but it appears that you will be <laughs> what heads and shoulders above everybody in the future. I appreciate both you and Dr. Bob joining us, but I'm going to turn now to Dr. Curtis. She's a student, a former student of Holos uh, University. As we said at the top of the hour, she did her dissertation on spirit communications, experiments with mediums. Uh, And I've looked at a lot of dissertations. I've attended many oral uh, defenses. This this is a very well-done dissertation. Tell me, what's it like, Dr. Curtis, uh, to be a student at Holos University? Well, I will say that it is, it is a great combination of both structure and flexibility, and it, gives, it combines with the opportunity for personal spiritual growth. Now, I don't want anybody to think that this is a university where you mail in your $50 and get your diploma. I can assure you that it is not. I mean, it's got the normal, it's, a, it's 60 hours to get your doctorate, 60 or 61, and or, you know, and it's 36 hours to get your master's, 
And there are a number of core required courses, and some of those are teaching the skills that Anne was talking about. Of There's a course in literature review, so you can understand how to, how to read the literature and get what you need out of it. I think it's important that the leadership of the university came from academia, so they understand the rigors of academia, but every every administrator and faculty person is also working on their own spiritual growth and and that's what they and that's why all of us students come there is because we want that combination of the the academics with continuing with our own personal growth all right, let's 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 do this, then. I think you've answered my next question in that answer. I was going to say, why did you choose Holos? But I think you've given us a pretty good look at that. So why did you then choose the dissertation topic that you chose? Well, it's interesting, because it took me a while to figure out what it is I wanted to do as I, was, I, as I attended Holos. And because doing a dissertation is such an enormous commitment of time and i'm like i'm in my late 50s now and so i am at a point in my life that i am unwilling to spend a lot of time doing something that i'm not really interested in so i re- i waited for something to emerge i i am an amateur medium and i wanted to see what was possible under this extremely strict protocol and I, um, I met Dr. Julie Beischel, who is the founder of a lab called Windbridge there in Arizona, in Tucson, and she is dedicated to psychic research and mediumship among them. And I met her when she was speaking at a Society for Scientific Exploration conference and talked to her about doing a study based on some protocol that she had developed, but doing some modifications of that. She was enormously supportive. She made me, she helped me to believe that it was possible to do this study. And and because I am an amateur medium, it matters to me what we can find out about this process. Okay, well now, the magic of numerical significance was not achieved in the study. So by that I mean... We didn't get our .05, and yet you suggest that there was significance for some of the mediums. Please provide an example of, of a couple of, uh, of what you mean by that. Okay. Let me, let me first do just a tiny bit about the statistics, and then I'll give you some, some anecdotal examples. Sure, My actual sure. study was, was 24 readings. There were two measures. And let me, can I just first back up and say... When I say that this was a rigorous study, there was a very strict protocol. It was, it's called quintuple blind, which means that my two research assistants, me, the medium, and the sitter, the person who wanted to contact someone in spirit who I call the discarnate, we were all blinded to different information. One of my research assistants recruited the sitter. So the only thing the medium who was participating in the study and I knew at the beginning of a reading, and we did the readings over the telephone, was the first name of somebody in, in spirit, the discarnate. So, so let's say, so the way we did this, Eldon, is suppose that 
you wanted to communicate with your mother, and I wanted to communicate with my sister. So we would have, at one reading, the medium would have your mother's first name. At another one, they would have my sister's first name. That's all. Neither the medium nor I knew, knew who the sitter was, the relationship to the person in spirit. So what would happen is the medium would do each of these two readings on two separate occasions. You and I would both get the same two transcripts then we would each pick which one we thought belonged to us and give it an accuracy rating. So my statistics were to compare the accuracy rating of the real reading to the paired reading. That was one statistic. And then the second statistic was for the sitter to pick the one that they thought was their real one. So right. in now, that the paired reading study, idea... I'm sorry, but that, that paired reading idea, that's very very similar to what Ray Hyman suggests with his skeptics. Is that correct? Yes, 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 exactly. And, I mean, this protocol is absolutely designed to eliminate any kind of sensory input or cueing or fraudulent behavior or any of those things. I mean, right. just, I mean, I just ask your listeners to think about you... The medium is given the name Mary. That is it. And then they do a reading. So in some ways, it's remarkable that there's any information that fits. Correct. But the fact Correct. that now, there is but, tells but Ray, me that there must be something going on. But the reason so, I, I brought out Ray Hyman at this point was to, was to point out that not only is this a rigorous design, but it follows to some characters in even more stringently, stringently uh, designed than, say, those skeptics like Professor Ray Hyman, who argue that mediums are making cold readings or they're making us up, et cetera, and so forth. So you've actually taken a protocol that Hyman would say no one could pass, and, and you have made it stricter. And that's what you put in front of these uh, uh, mediums. Is that correct? Did I get, do I have that, that right? Is, you have that exactly correct. All right. Now, please, correct. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just want our audience to know how rigorous rigorous is. Yes, yes. So, and, and none of the mediums had ever done a protocol this rigorous. So I'd, in my actual study, I did 24 readings. So n neither of those measures, the comparison of the accuracy or picking the readings, were, st were statistically significant. They were both better than chance, but not statistically right. significant. Now, interestingly, right. one of the people, one of one of the people did the worst. So what I did is I then went and did, ran the statistics on the readings from the top five of the six mediums. And both of the measures were significant. Now, you can argue and say, well, if you pick the top five in anything, the measures might be significant. But, yes, that's true. But remember the strict protocol. The other thing I did is I did a pilot study where I tested 11 mediums to see if they could work under this very stringent protocol. There were four of them that could not. I selected seven to continue in the actual study. If I went and score the readings from the pilot study, one of the measures was statistically significant in that whole group, 
And one of the measures just missed, if one more person had picked their reading, that one would have been significant. So while the statistics didn't come out, did not prove my hypothesis, I think it does indicate that some mediums, at least some of the time, can obtain accurate, specific information. Now, can I, and can I just give you a couple of examples of anecdotal evidence? Please do, but let me add this in. I think your conclusion is more than justified. And if, if anyone out there has looked at the, into this subject, maybe even read some of the research of Dr. Schwartz out of Arizona, what you have done is uh, substantially uh, a step, uh, a step ahead of, of any of the data that I've seen in this area. So, I think bottom line is if you have 11 readers and uh, four of those readers are statistically significant, if, if I were in your shoes, I would be doing a follow-up study on just those four readers. Because what you've managed to do is to pre-qualify uh, uh, abilities in a, in a very statistically rigorous, meaningful way. Now, I'm yes. sorry, you, you continue with your examples. Well, let me say that that's one of the things that, that, that I would love to do. Um, and I, I've actually been working at my paid job and so haven't been doing as much of this, but I want to get back to that. Great so, postdoc, this, though. So let me just give you an example. So, in a, in one of the, so, so what we did after we compiled all the statistics, um, some of the sitters came back and commented on their reading. And so I, I have some of those as anecdotal evidence. So in one reading, the information that came through to the medium, the, um, the discarnate described the scene in the hospital when she was dying. And she talked about an issues with an IV and something that went wrong with a missed injection and she told she she was showing like the top left side of her body that there was deterioration and there was something wrong with that. She told us that she was about 35 years old when she died, and she went into a very specific hospital scene. It was night. It was dark. It was quiet. Her sister was with her, sitting in a chair at the end of the bed with her feet her feet propped on the bed. So that's a very specific scene. So we went back and asked the sitter to confirm this. And I, you know, after this was all done, I was saying, I wonder if the sitter was the sister. Well, the sister was, was actually her brother. The sitter was the brother, but he went back and confirmed with his sister that this is, that it was exactly accurate with the scene, that she was, that she died of lung cancer, that something did go wrong with missed injections and infections. And so I think it's, I cannot imagine what the statistics are for somebody, someone pulling this scene out of the air and sending it to the sitter whose sister died exactly in this way. Yeah, the probability based on a name. And remind the audience, I mean, you have a name, Mary, and you come up with this entire uh, scenario just based on that name and uh, and you're doing it cold here's the description and then the description 
is being read by somebody else. It isn't like you're even interacting with the individual. Have I got that right? Yes, exactly. So, so, I mean, I statistically, I you're the math it. major, but the probability of that in German would be Moxnick. Yes, yes, yes. And what's interesting, too, is just if, if for those people who have had reading, readings with mediums, sometimes the information is very symbolic. You know, it's not, so just in another case, just as an example, the discarnate showed the medium airplanes, pilots, and then the Blue Angels, the Navy Flight Squadron. Mm-hmm. So, so all we do is write that down. Well, the, the sitter came back and said, this was my mother, and she was a nurse in the Navy. So sometimes the information that gets conveyed is is very symbolic. I, I you know let me ask you this. Um, and I I play devil's advocate on these kinds of things very often because I, it's important that we put as much light as we can and and we're going to have the Michael Shermers or the Ray Hymans or someone say well symbolic. Um, you know that's like the cherry picking notion that you had earlier. So let, let's let's just stop there for a second. Let's think about the one that was just very specific. If an individual today wanted to find a medium and and wanted to be you know comfortable that this medium could give them something more than relative this that and the other that may be interpreted, how would they go about doing that? Um. Well, the best way, as in every field of life, is to get a referral from somebody you know. But not all of us have somebody who can give you that referral. So I actually used a specific site from which I recruited my mediums, and that uh-huh. site is it's developed by a man named Bob Olson, and it's the site is called bestpsychicmediums.com. Do you find all that to be a reliable site? Yes, yes. Well, That's then repeat the site it. that so I our... use for recruiting my mediums. All right, then, then repeat it so our audience has that information. Mm-hmm. It's bestpsychicmediums, mediums with an S, dot com. They're all professional mediums. You can. Bob Olson is somebody who also has great interest in mediums, and he has developed his own specific protocol for testing them. So everybody who's listed on his site is a professional medium, and he has tested them. And I use that as a starting point for, I sent emails to lots and lots of mediums on that site to see who was interested in participating in um, a scientific study. Uh, I, 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 Again, I particularly enjoyed your study, but now I'm going to juxtapose you against uh, the Hymans and the Shermans and and uh, the, ask you very directly, it, what do you say to the skeptic that says uh, your hypothesis demonstrated that there, there indeed is only coincidence uh, that uh, there is no such thing as a medium talking to the dead? I would say that if you go back to this very strict protocol, I think that the fact that they got any information at all is remarkable. The other thing I would say is that 
because we do not know how this phenomena works, we don't know exactly what controls are helping and what controls are hurting. And after sitting and listening on the phone to over 50 readings, what I would say is it seems to me that the mediums either fairly quickly get the person and get very specific applicable details, or sometimes they didn't get the person at all. The other thing that seemed to happen based on feedback from the sitters is the reading sometimes seemed to be a mixture of the this, the person in spirit that they wanted to contact and other and other people in spirit. Because some of the sitters would come back and say, the cause of death wasn't my father, who's the person I wanted to talk to, but it was my brother. So what I will say is that we are attempting to apply a, science, a rigorous scientific process to a phenomenon that we do not understand. So I think you did that very successfully, however. We're almost out of time. I, I'm sorry, but but we are almost out of time. Uh, could you have done your work very quickly somewhere uh, other than Holos University and turned out the quality that you have quickly? Not that I know of. I don't know of any other place. I, I, I don't either. It, it, it's a, where can everybody see your dissertation? They can see it on the um, the Holos University website. It's it's Holos, and that's H O L O S University dot net forward slash dissertation. And it's called Spirit Communication Experiments with Mediums. There's also a great bibliography for people who are interested in reading not only about mediumship but about psychic research. Yeah, it's a great resource. I'm going to suggest all of you go there, take a look. There's many many great subjects, great papers. Do check out Holos University. I'm sorry, but we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. I don't know where time goes, but I want to thank you all for being with us today. Wherever you are in the world, until next time, I want you to remember, believing in yourself always matters.